A great man once said, Part of the journey is the end. We've been on a journey together over the past five seasons of My Comic Shop History. Now, an entire era of My Comic Shop History draws to a close in the epic two-part finale. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Now that our look back at the Westchester comic shop scene that was has drawn to a close, it's time to take a look at the Westchester scene of today. And joining me for this episode is former Alternate Realities customer, Sandro Prosperino. Anthony, it's uh, awesome to be here. I've, I've listened to your podcast from, from the beginning, so I'm used to being on the other side of your podcast. So being on this side now is very, very cool. So thank you for having me here. It's my pleasure. You get to come behind the scenes. That's right. It's very neat. See how the, how the magic happens, Yes, as it were. So as I was setting up for the recording, uh, just to get myself pumped for this podcast, I listened to some music. Do you want to take a guess what band? <laughs> I'm going to go with Nickelback. You'd be right. <laughs> So a couple of reasons why I wanted to have you on the show for our penultimate episode here. One is I haven't seen you in a long time. I used to see you regularly, weekly at Alternate Realities. I was behind the counter. You would come in as a customer. You were always one of my favorite customers. So I felt like it'd be fun to be able to catch up. But also, you're allowing us to come full circle because as you heard in the first season of the show, we talked about a lot of the customer nicknames that right. we had for people. Right. And yours was Nickelback because you bore and you still bear a resemblance to the lead singer of Nickelback, Chad Chad Kroger or right. Kruger. I don't know how he pronounces it. Right, I had the longer hair back then, which which I don't have anymore. But but yes, yeah, I know that longer hair. You really had that that rock star vibe. <laughs> I mean, and it's all relative, especially compared to others who might have been coming through the store. You're the closest to a rock star, I would say. <laughs> it was fun. It was, but but yes, I had the longer hair and, and, it, and it worked then. But it's time to move on, right? I suppose. And well, even Chad himself, he's, he's, he's gone through uh, different styles That's as true. well. That's true. That's true. So I think he's still, he's still uh, you know, he could, could pass for him. All right. Do you like Nickelback? Not the nickname, but the band. Um, I've listened to some of their songs. It's not, I don't own any of their music. I don't, uh, I've never seen them in concert, but if it comes on the radio, I'll definitely listen in, listen to the music. All right. I just ask because as, as you're likely aware, they receive more than their fair share of hate. I mean, music fans <laughs> right. just dump on Nickelback yes. constantly. And so I bring this up to say that this was not meant to be a disparaging nickname at all. I mean, it was it was said with affection. <laughs> no, no, I, I got that. And, and when I remember listening to that episode when it first aired in season one, and I'm like, wait, that's me. And and But but yes, I mean, you guys had the nicknames for your customers, and uh, it definitely came across as, as, as love. Good. Because not all of them did, so... You know. <laughs> well, that is true, yes, yes, that's very true. I will say, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, you know, do I love Nickelback's entire disco discography? No, not necessarily, but there are a number of songs that I, I can say I'm, I'm a fan of, and I, I do feel that they receive an unfair amount of hate, you know? I feel like there's this disconnect, because they're clearly selling, they're selling records, they're selling out their tours, right. I don't know, I'm just saying. 
But uh, so it was a nickname, Side with the Faction. And I feel like this nickname came to be probably the summer of the song Gotta Be Somebody. Okay. Because that, you know, we would always have the radio playing right. while we were at the store. And that song was on all the time. So I think it was this perfect combination of hearing that song all the time and us making the connection of like, oh, Alexandra like really looks like the lead singer Nickelback. Now, do you remember who came up with the nickname? So this was the brainchild of Thomas Darby and myself. Okay. Do you remember Tom? Yes. So I can't, this is lost now to AR history. I right. don't know. I feel like it was a team effort. I feel like one of us might have made the connection that you, you look like him. And then the uh, maybe the other actually started referring to you as Nickelback. I gotcha. feel like there was a little collaboration happening <laughs> okay. there. Uh, now, obviously, when you heard the, the podcast, you knew, but did you know previously that we referred to you as Nickelback? No, you did. I think the first time I heard reference to that was when you were making your first movie. Good memory, yeah. And 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 um, we're getting. You had the the sheets for the disclaimers, and we started. You asked me if I wanted to get involved. I said sure, why not? And then at that point, you did mention it to me. Yes, yeah. and actually, so fun fact you know, in the closing montage of that original documentary, we have people laughing and doing whatever else. And there's a shot of you really cracking up. And mm. it was when I brought up your resemblance to okay. the lead singer of Nickelback. I don't know that. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, you, you know, we discussed the fact that we thought you looked like him, but we didn't get so far. I don't think we got it so far as me saying, hey, we refer to you as Nickelback. And right. we never addressed you as Nickelback. No, no. I don't uh, it was just more shorthand uh, right. uh, amongst us. Right. The, the soundbite of yours, and I appreciate that you participated. Um, thankfully, I have to say, looking back, you know, most of the customers were really cool about getting on camera. There were a few who were like, no, I don't want to, which, you know, so it goes. But do you remember uh, the soundbite of yours that made it into the movie was uh, you, you were like, you know, the staff here, the staff's a great bunch of guys, which was very nice. I appreciated that. I didn't set, I didn't, you know, I wasn't feeding you that. No, you did not. But you said that, which was very nice. You were like, the staff's a great bunch of guys. Some of the, some of the people who come in here, though, I wouldn't be hanging out with them. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's been a while since I saw the movie. Um, I, I don't remember seeing the entire movie, to be quite honest. But um, I don't remember what I said and what, rather what made it to the, to the final cut. But, uh, but it is true. I, I like to come in there and you guys always had a healthy deba debate at the counter about whatever was going on in pop culture. And uh, I never really participated in those conversations, but it was as I checked out what was new and so on, it was nice to, to hear that in the background, you guys just talking about things and maybe where you're going on Friday night to celebrate something. So it was definitely, you know, what you guys had was pretty special and, it was, and I liked listening to it. Cool. Yeah, that's actually something that I was curious to ask you about, uh, just your impressions of, of us on the store generally, because, uh, you know, we have had the customer perspective represented on the show during the first season, but they were typically people who also, you know, became part of the group that went out to dinner, for example. So I've always been kind of curious to get more of like a pure customer perspective. Uh, one thing, you know, when I was reflecting on memories that I had of interacting with you at the store, you know, not, not much specifically really came to mind, just like generally, you know, you were always friendly, you, you know, didn't give us any trouble, right. <laughs> you know, it was always, it was always very pleasant. But I remember one time going back to Tom Darby, there was one time you came in the store and I think you were the only customer in there and Tom and I were working and I don't know if you remember this, if it would have stood out, but Tom was like ranting about something and i unfortunately i can't remember what it was it was probably like a tv show or something going on in the comic but he was like he was so amped up i wasn't even disagreeing with him he was just like <laughs> having an argument 
on his own, I guess. I don't know. Like he was, he was so adamant about whatever it was he was talking about, very passionate. And, but he kept, he was really going on. And it got to the point where I think when you came up to pay, I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that. No. Uh, I don't, I don't know. But, but I mean, so coming into this for all those years, as you mentioned, for the most part, the conversations were limited to the transactions. And, um, you know, I was very well aware that, that you guys had your, your get-togethers. I know there was a, um, a nice core of, of friendships there with, with who, you, who worked there and who came in. Um, I don't know if envy is the right word, but I, I appreciated the friendships that you guys had there. And, um, you know, I came in every Wednesday. I came in, I had, uh, I had my pull list. I think it was number 43. I don't remember. Do you remember the number? No, that okay. sounds right, though. Okay. We could check with Steve. He okay. still has all the, <laughs> Does he really? uh, all the folders. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it was number 43. So I had my regular pull list, and then I would, you know, hit the, the um, you know, check out the rest of the store and to see what was, where the statues, what was in, what was new there, or the new releases. And, um, but yeah, for the most part, our, our conversations were just limited to that. And, uh, and like I said, I was just, it was, it was very just cool to come in and hear you guys talking and, uh, it was obvious that it was much more than just a, a retail business, that there was definitely a very strong family there. And uh, and I, as much as I, I don't want to say I wasn't a part of the family. I felt like I was, but I was on the peripheral. I, you know, I was on the outside of that. But but it felt it felt good going there. I, I looked forward to my Wednesdays, just seeing what was new, hearing you guys, seeing you guys. And uh, you know, that, that 20, 30 minutes that I spent there every week was, was something that I did look forward to. You know, it's interesting. You know, in retrospect, you know, part of me wishes, you know, like with you in particular, that I had made more of an effort to, I mean, clearly, you know, you observed us engaging with each other, but, you know, to have made more of an effort to engage with you. And, you know, I've had the opportunity now going to all of these comic shops and seeing retailers who like are very proactive in terms of starting up those conversations and everything like that. So, you know, in retrospect, I wish I had. Yeah. And that's definitely a two-way street. There's no question that I could have initiated some of those conversations, knowing full well that that you guys would be very engaged in them as well. And, and um, I'm not sure what it was that 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 held me back on that. It's funny since you know, I put out the original documentary and and I've been doing the podcast. I've had there have been a number of instances, and this will sound very self-serving, but there have been a number of instances where people have written really nice things, and the spirit of it is like the documentary or the podcast inspired me to start talking to the people at the shop where I go. Like right. I've heard that a number of times and that's great. Like I, you know, cause setting out to do this, it's not like I'm really looking to change lives here, but right. it's like if someone kind of hears about these friendships that we made and about the community and they see an opportunity at their store to jump in and if it gives them any, any little bit of, of push to do that, that's really great. So I have, you know, I have heard stuff like that. So that, you know, stuff like that is really cool. Absolutely. And I know for me, with your first season of the podcast, <clears throat> with Steve closing the store, I, I just remember for years, there was always talk that he would shut it down. And and whenever it would come up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's just Steve talking. He, he's not going to shut this place down. And I think that was me being in, in denial the entire time. So um, when the decision was made to close, and now, now were, your, were your podcast coming out while? Yes. Okay. So... I was, I initially jumped on the podcast, I think to support you, but but more just out of curiosity, just to hear what was going on. But I have to say, 
I didn't expect what I felt when the store closed down. It was, um, and again, my connection to the store wasn't anywhere near what it was to you and, and, and some of um, the others that worked there. But but it had such an impact on me closing and, and knowing that this place that I, that was such a part of my routine, just going there every Wednesday, seeing you guys, hearing you guys, it, it was it was hard. And there's no doubt that your podcasts were so therapeutic in helping me process what I was feeling and to, to get me past um, that sadness that I had and, and you know Steve, you know Steve closing the store and, and, and understanding and supporting him 100% with that. Uh, there was a point where people were he was asking for help. Um, I think I may have mentioned to him I was, I was thinking of coming by and helping out, but I ended up not going, but I went, I didn't go, I wasn't sure how I would feel in there and, and I wasn't ready to walk in there to help him close up. And I think it was selfish on my part. And looking back now, I wish I had gone there because, you know, with Steve, Steve, Steve is a great guy. And, and, uh, it was, I mean, he was AR. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt his, um, you can say whatever you want about Steve, but but he has a lot of life in him, and 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 that's what made AR so special. And I feel bad that I wasn't there in those day, those final days to to even just more morally support, just to support him, just to be there and, and um, as a friend. So, uh, but but anyway, thank you for for that season. It was just something that really helped me get over the store closing. No, I mean, I'm, I appreciate that. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. And honestly, it was therapy for everyone on the show. And it was therapy for me. Like, that was how, I guess, I processed it. Right. You know, like Bill Mayo, who was on the show, you know, he, the role he played, he he handled that that move out. I mean, right. that store, I, I think every, it might still be there if he hadn't come in. Right. Because uh, it was, there was a lot that needed to be moved out in a relatively short amount of time. And, you know, so he fought that battle. And I fought the battle on the podcast front. Like, you know, we all had our part to play. And, you know, uh, you know, you said it, it might not have meant as much to you as it did to me, you know, the, the store generally. But, you know, everyone experienced it in, in their own way. And I remember Steve telling me that one of one of our customers, not someone who came out to dinner with us or anything like that, but just one of the regular customers, UPS Jimmy. Uh, he was the, now, loud, is that, the is loudest Is that his real name or, or is that his nickname? Nickname. Nickname. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, you might recognize him if you saw him, and, and he was the loudest customer in alternate reality's history. So if you recall anyone like just talking very loudly, <laughs> a big, tall guy, too. Anyway, but Steve, Steve said that uh, he was so upset over the closing, he, was, he cried. Like, he broke down and cried. I mean, I didn't cry over it. You know, so, and but, but my point is, you know, again, everyone has their own, you know, relationship to it. So even someone like me who was so entrenched in it, you know, I, I wasn't moved to tears, whereas he was. So, right. you know, everyone, you know, again, I think everyone had their own relationship to it and reaction to the closing and, you know, everyone's is, is valid. And I'm sure Steve would understand if that it really was, you know, too challenging to, you know, to come back and face the end right. like that. Yeah. You know, uh, but so I'm glad that the podcast was, was able to provide <laughs> some therapy. So that's actually a perfect segue because uh, as much as I always love talking about alternate realities, the thrust of this episode, the title is My Comic Shop Present. So we've spent six episodes in season five looking back on some of the big Westchester County comic shops 
that were part of uh, this this area in Lower Westchester, and that were specifically part of my comic shop history. So we talked about Heroes World and Comic Book Heaven and Dragon's Den and One If By Cards, Two If By Comics, and of course AR and Jay's Comics. Those were the six that we really focused on. Mm-hmm. But before we we bring this all to a close, I wanted to spend an episode talking about the Westchester comic shop scene of today, and it's one that you and I were both. I mean, essentially forced to become familiar with when AR closed and we became, as we like to say, alternate realities refugees and we had to find other shops to go to. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I was, was hoping to talk about um, today. So when AR closed, what was your first stop or your first shop after that? I don't remember exactly which one. I want to say my first stop was to the Spider's Web and, and that, was, that was through your podcast. Um, so I stopped in, I went a few times, the, the store and the storefront is very impressive, uh, just immaculate. And you talked about a lot throughout the seasons and how it differed from AR. But, um, I went there a few times, great store. Um, the owner, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul, great guy. Um, but living in, 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 in Valhalla, it wasn't, it wasn't so convenient for me to go there. So I went a few times, loved the store, but it just, the travel, it was just too much for me. Um, and then there was another, th- and then one on one other one of your episodes, you mentioned Oh Yeah Comics, which I had no idea it existed. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, I reached out to you through through Messenger, asked you about it, and then you, you replied. Uh, and then I checked out Oh Yeah. And um, again, another fantastic store. Uh, and we ran into each other there once, right? I believe we did. Yeah. I believe we did. And uh, Mark is very, very personable, very knowledgeable. Uh, again, a fantastic store. But and, and that and that is closer. Um, yeah, that's in Harrison. So right. But again, it was just something was missing, and and uh, for me, it was. Uh, I think it was Steve, is what, what what you know, and what he brought. And again. You, there's been so many discussions over the years with your podcast about Steve and his personality, and and uh, but but he did have a lot. He had he had a, a very big personality, and um, but I think more than anything that you can say about Steve, he he was um, he was a very caring individual, very sincere, very honest, and uh, with all things, it's nice to, to walk into a store knowing that. There's not someone there who's going to take advantage of you and, and, and sell you a book that's really a third printing and you're thinking it's original. And, and, uh, and, and not to say that that's what was going on at the other comic shops. But, um, you know, I think spending so many years there, there's a comfort that you get. Um, so I did try those shops. And, and with, uh, with, with both of them, I didn't open up, um, I didn't have a pull list. I would just walk in, see what was on the shelf, pick a few things up and and uh, I never made the jump with getting a pull pull list so so I mean I don't want to unpack a lot of that I think it's very interesting so when at the time AR closed you you did still have a pull list with us right you were reading that yes. re- that regularly yep yep like, I did have you, like how many titles were on your pull list I would say I would say about 15 15 books oh, monthly okay. yeah it wasn't huge yeah, nothing crazy no no uh, so you had the pull list AR is closing now, I know you said you heard about Spider's Web on the podcast, but uh, do you remember Steve referring you there? Because I know he was doing that with customers. 
Right. And, and I think now that you say that, I think I may have asked Steve, um, and he did mention he was sending people to the spider's web. Yes. So I do remember that as well. Yes. Gotcha. Because, you know, Paul, the owner, was a customer at... I mean, did you know Paul as a no, customer at AR? No, But I remember that on the podcast. But no, I didn't realize that. Gotcha. Uh, yes. Yeah, so at the was, time. Yeah. So he was uh, a customer at AR for years and years. And, you know, at, at various points, you know, there was... He had expressed interest in potentially buying AR... I don't know if this was ever actually discussed, discussed or was more uh, my wishful thinking that he would op open a second AR location, uh, but obviously none of that came to pass, and he just went off and he opened his own store. Uh, but no, no ill will on Steve's part, you know. Because you know he he can be vengeful sometimes. Yes. But, uh, you know they really had great conversations, and I think Steve really offered a lot of guidance to Paul as he was starting out, and so they remained on on very good terms. And you know, when the time came that Steve wasn't going to be there anymore, uh, I know he was telling people like, hey, this is where you should go. And, you know, even now when I go to Spider's Web, whether to shop or film or record, I mean, I see former AR customers there more than anywhere else. So right. I think a lot, you know, took that advice and, and ended up going there. Right, right. You know, uh, <laughs> what's always funny to me, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot about Steve's closing announcement when he made that, that Facebook post that right. it was time to close. And I remember, you know, he declared himself he literally, he said, I declare myself the winner. I'm the last, like, true comic shop in Westchester. And I always wondered, and I don't think I've ever asked Paul specifically, like, what Paul's reaction to that was. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, you know, he might have been like, hey, <laughs> what about me? Right. But again, Steve did refer a lot of people uh, to Spider's Web because at that point, Aya wasn't open yet. Right. Aya opened, like, right after the store closed. Some of the fixtures ended up at Aya from AR. Right. Uh, but yeah, at the time, I mean, that was really like the place to refer people. And of course they had the personal connection. So, right. and, but there wasn't much open at that time once as AR was closing, right? In terms of Westchester. And that's kind of the thing, you know, I mean, I know this is like a, a simple, obvious statement, I guess, but when we're comparing the Westchester comic shop scene of, of yesterday and today, there are far fewer comic shops. I mean, just at a very basic level, right. there aren't many. And just as a test today, before I came, I went to the comic shop locator online okay. and I just put in my zip code. You know, I mean, half a dozen results came up. And when you filter out, you know, I mean, for purposes of this podcast, I mean, we, we count our friends at Undiscovered Realm, but they're, they're not a comic shop. I mean, right. they do gaming and they do pops. Uh, you know, American Legends, formerly one of by cards, two of by comics, you know, that comes up. But again, they have a few comics. They're a sport card and memorabilia shop. So there are a few places that, you know, that are around, but that they don't specialize in comics. Right, so, they wouldn't qualify. Right. So when we're talking like comic shops, you know, it's Spider's Web, it's All Yeah, it's New York Hardcore. Uh, there's one shop that I can't believe, because it's been around for 30 years, and I've never been there, Squiggy's Dugout. I was going there for a little while. I was one of the shops, and uh, actually I did have a pull list with Squiggy. Yeah? I did, yes. And... Uh, Again, this is all such a blur for me with, with uh, the store closing, but um, I was going to Squiggy. That's a New Rochelle. In right? New Rochelle. And uh, again, it was a little out of the way, but, um, well, you know, going there, it was always quiet on a Wednesday. I would go on a Wednesday. I, I did end up giving them um, a pull list and uh, just listening to him and talking to him and just sort of connecting on him on a one-to-one -one level. Um, but eventually I just, uh, I just said, you know, this is, this is getting too much. It's, and also again, it didn't feel home, homish enough for me. And, and, uh, but I, that's the only play action that and, and New York hardcore I did have uh, a pull list with. 
Yeah, I want to get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's interesting to hear about squiggies. I, I don't... Um, and I went to high school at Iona Preps. I mean, I was in New... I mean, New Rochelle's big, but I right. mean, I was I was in, you know, in the, the town at least. Uh, but I never went there. But I think part of the reason why was, you know, and I talked about this in, in the episodes leading up to it, up to this, but, uh, you know, once... I started shopping at alternate realities regularly and more so once I started working there, I really never sought out any other stores. Uh, and it's, it's funny too. I mean, you heard this one in that first season episode with, with Paul, like, I mean, I apologized to him at the start of the episode that I had only just then in preparation for the podcast, only just then visited his store, which had been around for a couple of years at that point, Right. you know, and I felt bad cause it's like, you know, you want to support him, but I, and I don't know, I'm trying to be self-reflective. I don't know if it was that I just felt such loyalty that I like wouldn't even step foot in another store or if it was just I really had no need to. Right. And, and I was the same way. So when, when I had my pull list with, with Steve, I didn't go anywhere else. Uh, I, I, I felt very comfortable with, with the level of customer service that I was getting with Steve. And so for me, there was that that loyalty aspect where I felt like he was loyal to us as customers, and 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 I owed it to him to be loyal to him. I think the only other time I really went anywhere else is more just these comic shows, whether it's a Comic Con or whatever it was. But other than that, I didn't I didn't go anywhere. Or if maybe I was in you know visiting somewhere, I'd, I'd check out the local comic store and when I was out of town. But other than that, I didn't I didn't step foot in any of the store, and I I just felt like. One, just being loyal to Steve, and two, just being very satisfied with with uh, the care that I, that I got from from going to AR. Yeah, no, I I mean I hear you, and so you know that I mean at a very basic level, I mean I feel like that's you know a huge difference you know between yesterday and today as far as what Westchester looks like. Far fewer stores. I mean, I think about that stretch of Central Avenue in particular, where there used to be Dragons Den, right. and then one if right across, and then up the road a bit was AR. Right. I mean, you could hit three solid comic shops in you know within a half a mile distance. Absolutely. You know, and uh, and again, you know, one if is still there in the form of American Legends, but they don't really do much in the way of comics anymore. So. It's very different, and I 100% hear you as far as the uh, logistics go, because I had, and I talked about this in season two of the podcast, I had a pull list at Spider's Web for a period of time uh, at the start of the DC Rebirth era. Um, so by the time Alternate Realities closed, I was only reading comics in trade. So I actually did not have a pull list towards the end of AR. So when the store closed, it wasn't like, where am I going to get my comics? That really wasn't a thing for me. But... For myself as a fan and for the podcast, like I was curious uh, about DC Rebirth and I was curious about trying to get back into the mode of reading monthly comics and going on a weekly or bi-weekly basis to a shop. And I picked Spider's Web because again, I mean, if, if there's, you could almost look at it as like a spinoff of AR, like, you know, one of our customers who got a lot of advice from Steve, you know, so I think there, in terms of atmosphere and things like that, I think there's some similarities so it made sense to, to go there, but, uh, you know, I live in White Plains and it was, you know, it was challenging to, to go to Yonkers. Uh, you know, for people who know the area, it's by the, uh, the casino right, and the it's raceway. by Cross County, right. it's, you know, uh, not too far from there. You know, it's on Yonkers Avenue, you know, so it was the sort of thing where, you know, as opposed to AR where it was like, okay, I, you know, hop in the car for five minutes and I'm there. This was like, I really had to plan for this. You know, and now I work a nine to five job, so I'm, you know, contending with rush hour if I go after work. So, you know, going to pick up my comics became like 
hour, hour and a half process. Right. And, and again, for me, logistic, same thing with logistically, it was very convenient with Central Avenue. I mean, most of the times I'd bring my kids with me. Uh, I'd, I'd uh, you know, pull in, ample parking, grab what I needed, and then probably head down the street, maybe go to the diner or, or just take the kids somewhere along the way to get something to eat. But it, but it was very, very convenient in so many ways. Yeah, well, and then parking is the other issue as well, right. you know, with uh, with Spider's Web. I mean, there are metered spots on the street, but, you know, can you get a spot? Do you have quarters? Do you have enough quarters? Right. <laughs> there are unmetered spaces across the street. I think I may have parked a few times across the street, correct, right. Uh, and then there's the, the post office, which, you know, if you go after hours or on a weekend, I'm not advocating that you park there, obviously, but... <laughs> You know, that might happen. I might have done that a couple of times, but it was not stress-free, right? And, you know, to your point, it's like with AR, it's like you pull up, you can stay there all day. You don't have to worry about anything. So, right. you know, it, it became a little bit more, uh, you know, a little, I don't want to say more work than it was worth, but it was it definitely required more of an investment of time to go and pick up my comics. Absolutely. And if the parking lot was packed, you always had the supermarket next door and you could just park there and just walk right across. Yeah. So you just went a few times and you just pulled stuff off the shelf? With uh, Spider's Web? Yeah. Yeah. So a few times drove down, um, tried to find parking on the street, walked around, pulled a few things from uh, from the from the shelves and uh, and that was it. Yeah. I got to say, you know, Paul, you know, always took very, very good care of me, um, discount wise. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of my pull list, I mean, he was very reliable. If anything, sometimes there would be things in there that I, I didn't want. Right. <laughs> But I asked him, and I, it, the sense I got was that it was by design, that he thought it was something that I might be interested in. But here's my, it's funny, like my paranoia, I guess, where, you know, it would drive us nuts at AR, like if someone didn't buy something that was in their folder that they had requested, right? right. Because like this would happen all the time, and I know this came up in previous episodes, where like you'd find a stack of books, like people didn't even file them back on the shelf, like they just put what was in their folder back on the shelf. Right. Uh, which, you know, for reasons that have been discussed is, is problematic. So at Spider's Web, if there was something in my folder that wasn't on my list, like I would make sure I went and talked to him because I didn't want him to think that I was putting something back that I had asked for. Right. Because that worried about it. Yeah. And you guys were great. You, you, you pulled exactly what, um, what we asked for. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I got, for me, it was a little tricky where I, I would collect a you know a run of books, but I didn't want the annuals. So every once in a while, the annual would be in there, and I probably should have done a better job of communicating that to you guys. And then, uh, but yeah, I would feel guilt putting something back on, on the shelf because I was very much well aware that you know one two books here or there does make a difference with the bottom line. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned you know not necessarily participating, but observing the conversations that we would have at alternate realities. Like, was it similar at Spider's Web? What did you find there? No, I didn't. I I don't know if more of the time of day that I got there, but there, to me, there just seemed to be, you know, the amount of so so all the shops that I visited since AR closing, um, I don't see like the volume of people going to the stores as I did at AR. Whether it was the time of day that I went, but it seemed like if you went on a Wednesday, it didn't matter what time you got there on a Wednesday, the place was packed. And, um, you know, at the other shops, once AR closed, I also went on Wednesdays. And I didn't get that same sense in terms of the volume of people. And with that, you don't have the same type of dialogues. But, uh, again, I, I didn't see it. Not to say it didn't happen or doesn't happen. But um, I, although I did see it a little bit at, at, uh, at Oh Yeah, 
again, that's um, because of Mark, and and um, you know, he's very outgoing, very knowledgeable, and uh, and it lends itself to to having conversations there, which uh, I didn't see at the other places really. I hear you, and you know it's funny. So switching gears uh, to all yeah and Mark, you know, you mentioned before having built up so much trust, you know, between you and Steve over all those years, and I can identify with that. You know, I mentioned uh, in that season three premiere when I uh, recorded with Mark, you know, I met him. I brought, I, we'd exchanged Facebook messages, and then I sold a bunch of my trade paperbacks to him. This was right as they were getting ready to open. Uh, so it worked out well. I was able to prune my collection a bit, and they were able to stock up on some trades. So everything worked out well. But you know, again, I had you know only been dealing with Steve for so long, and to go to a new store, same type of again, not like I thought he was going to rip me off, and obviously he didn't. And he's a great guy and very genuine and, and you know very honest. But I didn't know that. Like it was the first time I was meeting him, and so for the first time in a while. Like I had that feeling of like, oh, like I don't know who I'm dealing with here. And I don't know if he's going to offer me a fair price for these, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and even and just being fair to to Mark and to Paul, and I, I think a lot of what was in my head was just that in my head. I, I don't think I gave those stores a fair chance um, in terms of walking in there and um, I think it's like all things. You you go somewhere for for I don't know how long I was at Steve's, but it's got to be easily over a decade that I was going there, and I, and I was there through all the different um, phases of, of of ownership with with Steve, and um, and when he wasn't a part of the ownership group, I didn't like going there to be quite honest. Um, but but you know, in fairness to Mark and fairness to Paul, it's not something. It's not something that they're not doing. I think it's more I didn't open myself up to to going there and and just. Um, Again, I don't know. It's almost like you know, maybe losing my spouse and and feeling like, okay, it's time to move on, but I'm not ready to move on, even though they're dead. I'm I'm not ready to to to, to look. I don't know. So, yeah, no. I mean, I like I get it, and that's actually you know something that I wanted to talk about in this episode because you know, yes, on the surface level, we'll talk about the shops that are still in Westchester today, but I think on a deeper level, that's something that I've been wrestling with this because I miss. Yes, I miss alternate realities, but more than that, I miss the experience of going and hanging out and and talking to the people on both sides of the counter. Like, I do miss that. Yet there are these other shops run by great people who I'm I'm friends with, you know, and I, I, no store has become part of my routine, certainly not to the extent that AR was, but not even close. And again, like I had that brief experiment, you know, with Spider's Web. And it was a good, positive one. Like, I don't have anything negative to say other than that it was a little far and there wasn't a lot of parking. But, you know, the experience itself was was perfectly fine. But again, like, nothing's become part of my routine. And I question why. Like, I don't really know the answer. And, and building off of what you were saying, I think a big part of it probably is not letting go of AR to an extent or comparing any store that I go to AR. Like, it, nothing can be the same. Nothing should be the same. Like each store should be its own thing. So again, it's not like they're necessarily doing anything wrong, but I think that's probably a big piece of it. Right. And I, I do think that for me, I always go with everything, whether it's the current stores now, my previous shopping experience, but it, it all come, it all seems to come back to Steve. And uh, just even the crazy sales you guys would have, whether he was there or not, or just, just I, I think everything, to me, it, I think part of it, if you did it, 
without Steve knowing. That was the fun of it, is doing it behind Steve's back. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> he gave his blessings one way or the other. And um, and when Steve wasn't there, I think there was a brief period of time when, when Steve, I know Steve was a, a part owner at times with the store, whether it was in the beginning or in the middle, but there was a time, I think, when, when Steve wasn't the owner. Right. And I don't think I was going to the store then. Um, and I'm not sure if that was a coincidence or not. And, and when I wasn't going there, I stopped collecting completely. Well, um, so I don't think that was a coincidence. But, but to me, everything always goes back to Steve. I guess that's true of this podcast as well. Right. Since it <laughs> always looms large over a lot of these right. discussions. Right. You told me in the beginning, let's talk about the current, um, the current scene. And yet, yet we're still talking about Steve. No, it's true. I mean, I, but I think it's interesting. And I think, you know, it's natural that we're having this discussion this way because, I, again, to have such a formative experience, it's going to inform a lot of, you know, what comes after. My Comic Shop History is sponsored in part by Acme Comics, the oldest and largest comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina. Acme is a full-service, multiple Eisner Award-nominated business. Visit them when traveling or online now at acmecomics.com. And be sure to follow store manager Jermaine Exum on Twitter at Lord Retail and tune in Tuesday evenings for his early new release comics reviews. One of our podcast sponsors is a family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island, and the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park. Find them all on Film Freeway, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The 2020 seasons for both Point Lookout and Hang On To Your Shorts are open for entries. Use the discount code SJRHOTYS2020 when you submit. Also, be sure to visit iTunes or a shareduniverse.com to tune into the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast. Uh, so again, you, you tried Spider's Web, didn't really make sense logistically for right. you. So Spider's Web, uh, not Spider's Web, uh, Oh Yeah was, was the next stop. Right, so Oh Yeah was, was the next for me. And again, I reached out to you. Um, I couldn't believe there was something much closer to me in Harrison. So I went there and, and you know, the second I popped in, there's Mark. He uh, he prides himself in, in, in you know in acknowledging every customer that walks through the door, and 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 right away I felt that hey, if you need anything, let me know. I'm I'm here to answer any questions. Um, so right, away, I'm like, all right, Mark's a pretty cool guy. I, I think I like this place, and um, you know I would see you know he said if you want you know a info on the pull list, and there were times where I was very close to asking about it, very close to taking something home, you know, and I, and I signed up. I did early on sign up to his, uh, you know, getting to, to receive notifications. And I still do. I still get his emails. But again, I went in, pulled a few things from uh, a few books from the shelf, uh, went in a few times, and, 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 and uh, I didn't go back. Um, so you were just you just teased the man. He, I he did. kept thinking you were going to sign up for a pull list. I, I did. <laughs> I was that guy. I was that customer. Like, all right, here comes this guy. He's he's going to walk around. Maybe he's going to buy a book, and then he's going to walk out. And 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 uh, and we know, you know, those customers always irritate you. It's like, all right, you're going to come in. You're not going to spend any money. So please leave the store. <laughs> Stop teasing me. It's quite no. Well, listen, you know, you you can't always expect that someone's going to buy something. Right. And at least, you know, obviously, it would have been worse if you signed up for a pull list and then right. ghosted him. So, right. you know, I'm sure he appreciated the fact that you came in and that you bought anything. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. But so, I mean, I guess why? So it is more was more convenient for you. It was much more convenient. Why uh, do you think? Can you? I mean, is, does it just go back to it wasn't alternate realities? I mean, like, what was it that you think held you back? 
Yeah, Steve wasn't behind the counter. I don't know. I mean, that. I think that's the... I think you and I are having a hard time articulating all this, but I think keeping it nice and simple, to, to me it is, Steve. It's just, um, you know, not seeing him behind the counter. And and, uh, and again, my interactions with Steve during the AR days wasn't much more than it was with uh, with you guys. Uh, you know, I'd walk in, I may ask him how his son was doing, Um Again, as long as it wasn't busy, of course, right? It wasn't on a Wednesday. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd ask how things were going and maybe I'd see the dog or, or I'd come in with my son. Maybe I was holding my son in, 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 in you know, in my arms because he was very young. Um, and then over the years, Steve would say, wow, I can't believe how big your son's getting. But it wasn't really much more that my interaction than with you guys. But, you know, it's, I was friends with him on Facebook. I would see his posts. Um uh, and uh, even at the end, with all the, I'm closing. I'm not closing. I think we may have a buyer. I think you know all that. But but um, yeah, there was uh, definitely a lot of back and forth yes. uh, on that. Uh, yes. yes, of course, you didn't want to bother him on a busy Wednesday. Although, he, he, yes, he did. He worked hard, especially on Wednesdays. But there were plenty of times, especially when there would be a couple of us working there, where th- this was kind of the routine, where he would say he was going to go in the back to do work. Right. And the process of like actually getting to the back room and starting took the whole day. <laughs> and in fairness to him, it's because people would come in and they would want to talk to him. Uh, and then it got to a point where he would he would sit at the table that was there and kind of hold court while we would ring people up. Right. You know, it was it was nice. Again, I think you know really spoke to that. Uh, you know, the the community people. You know, people wanted to come in, and he really like held court. Right. And I guess I was always afraid of like the wrath of Steve. And, and I don't I don't ever I never felt it. So a lot of it. I thought to myself, okay, was it more having an actual bark than a bite, or um, or maybe I was a good customer? I'm not sure if it was a combination of the two, but but I want to make sure I never got there before the store opened. I wouldn't dare knock on the door and say, "Hey, Steve, can you help me out?" And um, you know, the, the signs were posted on the front of the door: when to come in, don't knock, even if you see me. So I definitely respected all that. But um, but yeah, you're right. If I did speak to Steve, he'd stop and talk to me. Regardless of how busy he was on that Wednesday. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with Aw Yeah, because, you know, you mentioned, you know, having kids and, you know, bringing them to alternate realities, yep. right, in the past. Because Aw Yeah, of course, prides itself on being very family friendly. You know, they have the arcade, they have a, a large all ages section. I mean, that's really, uh, again, in terms of the vibe of the store, very different from like the boys club, you know, traditional old school comic shop. Um, did you take your kids there? No. So, my my experience at AR for the kids it was a it was a part of their experience growing up, and and I think you'll see when when you have um, your baby. Now, do you know what you're having, by the way? I'm yeah, sorry. boy. Okay, you're having a boy. Okay, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I, I think we're gonna re- reveal the name at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and and it, so for me, it was always in the back of my mind: do, Am I gonna introduce? Is this going to become as big a part of their lives, my kids' lives, as it is for me? And I constantly went back and forth in my head with it. So as they grew up, um, my AR experience, they shared in part of it. Um, and, And the way they shared in it was more... You know the bedtime stories. I'd I'd, I'd sit down and, and I'd I'd go through the origins, and and my son's eyes would just they were huge as I talked about these heroes, and you know somebody you know crashing from Krypton on Earth, and that, 
and and he could never get enough of it and he'd always say dad tell me the story again about you know so and then as they got a little older i'd buy the the, the books you know that was age age appropriate for them and and again he would eat them all up um my daughter, who's who's two years younger than my son, a year and a half younger than my son, I've sort of introduced it to her as well. Um, not as much as, as as my son, you know, and I guess sort of, you know, the whole gender thing, right? You know, boys read comics, girls though, and I fell into that trap, um, which probably wasn't too healthy. But but um, but she got into it, and I was getting her the DC Supergirls, like the right those those, those books. But so so for them, it was a it was a part of them growing up. But I think I made a conscious effort not to get them too into it. And um, so as they got older, my son really uh, fell in love with sports, uh, especially baseball. And he went that route. And my daughter, you know, again, sports, dance and soccer, her, her things. So as they got older now, I would say, hey, do you want to take a ride with me to the shop? Ah, no, thanks, Dad. And uh, and they sort of outgrew that that small phase that they were in. And uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. On one hand, I'm kind of happy that they've got they found their own niche. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I I know how much um, you know comics has had um, in my life in terms of the impact. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, right, like you said, like it's great that they found something that they're really passionate about, but I'm sure at the same time, like it'd be cool to be able to share your passion with them. Right. And I guess you figure it's like, it's it's comics, it's like, it's colorful, it's superheroes, like it's, you know, a lot of action, like it's something that kids, you, you know, you think would be excited about. Right. But it's tough. And that's something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be very mindful of as, uh, as our son gets older, as far as, right. you know, again, I don't want to like shove it in his face. But it would be great if we shared it. So I don't know. There's some balance to be struck. I will say, though, the, you know, if, if he gets really into sports, that's probably like the greatest fear. Right. <laughs> not fear, but uh, like I'm not athletic and I'm, right. I don't follow sports. So that would be a little, a little more challenging for me. No, you know, Anthony, look, I've I followed you a lot in terms of uh, who you are as, you know, obviously you have a, a great passion for what you do here with these podcasts and, and um, you've got a great occupation, you know. Your wife comes across as an outstanding woman. Um, I love that partnership you guys have. So I will say that you will sort that out. Um, and and you know I'll share with you with my, my son. Uh, number one, I'm I'm soccer's my thing. I coached uh, the varsity soccer team at Valhalla. Um, early on, I saw that my son was falling in love with baseball. I didn't have much interest in it. And it took me about 30 seconds to process that my son was going to do his own thing. And uh, what I fell back on is it, it's his life. He's got a, I have, I've, I have mine. Um, I had my passions growing up and he's finding his own way. And uh, I will say this, he's opened the door to me with, uh, with baseball. You know, after the strike, I forget in the late 90s or mid 90s, whenever that was, I, I just, dis I stopped with baseball. And he got me back into it. And as, as, as a matter of fact, we're touring all the b baseball ballparks, and we've we've done 27 of the 30. And with that, you know, all the trips across the country, to me, it's the time we spend together. So mm -hmm. I know I'm jumping off topic here, but I, I think if your son does become a huge sports fan, I think it's going to open up a whole new world for you and your wife. No, that's really nice. I you know that's a, a you know wonderful sentiment and good advice, and and I think that's. That's very true. Uh, being able to share anything and to be able to experience it through his eyes, whatever it is, right. 
you know, I think will be really exciting. Yes. Uh, well, I guess bringing it back to oh yeah, not not on a down note, but I wonder then, since your kids are not into it, did the fact that it really caters to kids and all ages, like did that almost backfire in a way for you? Because it's not like necessarily a pull in that case. No, it, it it wasn't a pull, but it it definitely wasn't a push either. Um, you know, as an educator, uh, which is which is my day job, um, I, I think it was. I, I think. I think growing up, the trap we fell in is that, you know, reading took pretty much one form and and we didn't uh, appreciate all types of, of um, genres and, and even stuff like, you know, I know for me growing up, reading the newspaper, to me, that wasn't reading. Reading a comic book wasn't reading. You know, now that I'm an educator, I realize that it, it is. Um, and if a kid, if you know, who struggles with reading, if the only thing they're reading is comic books, that's reading and that's very powerful. So... Uh, if anything, I do have appreciation for what Mark does at Oh Yeah, uh, that they do pride themselves with that. Um, and uh, what's the worst that happens? You know, you build a lifelong customer who, who who started there with them. So, so I do appreciate what he does there. It just it didn't hook my family in. Maybe the timing didn't work out. Maybe if I had gone there years earlier, or if they opened up years earlier and Steve had closed sooner, maybe I would have had a different connection with them. But uh, but I do appreciate what Mark does there with that. Yeah, well said. Um, you know, so like I said, I had the pull list at Spider's Web and then I closed that. And again, I'm really back to just reading uh, trades and digitally, which I want to circle back to because that's kind of an interesting wrinkle in this. But um, I did have a, I don't know that you can even call it a full pull list, but I had uh, Oh Yeah pulling Doomsday Clock for me. And the earlier issues I was picking up more regularly, um, the book encountered a lot of delays. I think this will give a sense of how infrequently I went. There were two issues at one point that were waiting for me. And if there were two issues of Doomsday Clock, that means I wasn't there for like four months. Right. So I don't know. I mean, that was there were long periods of time where, you know, I, I didn't go. Again, another instance where it didn't it just didn't become a regular part of my routine. Not to harp on this, but I, I, again, I think the the logistics play a role. I mean, they're in different directions, Spider's Web and all, yeah. But in both cases, I'm looking at twenty to thirty minutes each way. Right. And it's again worse if I go right after work. So, you know, parking's a little better at all, yeah. Uh, not tremendously, but but it is better. Right. And at least they're um, mostly uh, free spots, which is good. Absolutely. But, uh, but again, it just became that sort of thing where it's like, I have to, you know, really plan for it. You know, it can't just be like a, on a whim. It's like, oh, I'll just go run over there. You know, it really becomes more of this investment. And again, going back to this question of like, why hasn't a store become more a part of my routine? It's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the logistics, that is a reality of it. If all oh, yeah, we're right around the corner, I probably would be there more often. I mean, I, I have to imagine I would be. Yeah, I I'm not sure what it was for me. Again, as we touched upon, my, my first shop after AR closing was Spider's Web. Again, didn't pull anything there. Then I went to All oh, Yeah. Again, didn't pull anything there. And then I did end up at, at, at uh, Squiggy's. And uh, and I did have a pull list there. Um, uh, I'm not sure how long I went there. I want to say probably like a year or so I was going there. And uh, Wait, Squiggy's? Or at Squiggy's. You, yeah. At Squiggy's, yeah. And... and um, I stopped going there because I was he was he's not a discount guy to my knowledge if I remember correctly, 
and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm paying full price for these books. And now, Steve, I don't know if you remember, I had a little bit of a discount. Oh, I remember. That was yes. one of the other things that I, that, uh, I always remember that stood right. out about you. So he he uh, did give you a nice, he hooked you up with a nice discount, right. essentially the, the employee discount. Right. Because? I used to have my own store. That's right. Right. You, not in addition to being an, an AR customer, you were a former retailer yourself. Right. So from March of 93 to March of 95, I had, uh, so if you blinked, you missed it. I had a comic book store in Valhalla right in the little village of Ahala in between the dam and, you know, next to the dam and then the church there. Uh, I had a comic book store. It was called Near Mint Comics and Cards. I was 23 when I opened up the store and I did it with my older brother. But I was mostly, my brother had a day job. I didn't. And uh, so for two years, I had my own comic store. And that's when I first met Steve because Steve was opening up his shop right around the same time, if I remember correctly. He opened in 90, June 92. Okay. So he opened up right, right before me then. Yeah. So did so, he come to check out the store? He did. He came and, and you know, and I'm 23. I don't, you know, this is my first uh, foray into, into like being an entrepreneur and I, I wasn't cool with it. I'm like, you're the enemy. You know, and that's the way I, I saw it. And, and I had other store owners pop in and, and you know, those stores will remain, remain nameless, but they weren't the good guys. But Steve, mm-hmm. I, over time, I, again... I saw that Steve was a good guy. So when he would pop in, and I think to be honest too, my, you know, we'd have customers come in, ultimately something would sell out. And um, I think my brother Rob and Steve would would would, uh, would work with each other. My brother would call, hey, you know, we need a few books. Do you have it? Yeah. And, 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 so, and so he'd give us uh, uh, the diamond discount. If we had books he needed, we'd give him the diamond discount. Uh, so we started working with Steve in that sense, behind the scenes where we helped each other out as retailers. Uh, and we didn't do that with anybody else. Um, and so that's how I first met Steve. So he was first breaking in and, and we we started a little bit after him. Okay. So you were a little wary of him when he came in for the first time? At first, time? yes. At first, yes. Was he, like, was he friendly when he came in? He was. He was. Yes, he was. Okay. And He wasn't like, this town's not big enough for the both of us? No, that didn't come up <laughs> at all. And I don't know, maybe if he didn't feel threatened by us. Our, you know, our, our retail space was very small. Uh, I, I thought we had a nice little setup. Uh, Steve's, I think Steve's store was probably two to three times bigger than ours. And, uh, you know, he had a sweet location, Central Avenue, right? He's got so much traffic going on there. I'm in a little town in Valhalla. So, so my clientele is a lot smaller. Parking was a little bit of an issue there. Uh, still is in that, in that little part of that, the hamlet of Valhalla. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Steve was ever worried about us in terms of losing customers to us. And, uh, yeah, and it was a different time too. Like you yes. know, we, we've talked about it, and he explained, you know, when he sat down to pick AR's location. I mean, he looked at a map of Westchester, and it's like almost every town had a comic shop. Right. So there were comic shops all over the place. So right. you know, it probably not that it wasn't a big deal when you opened, but it's not like again, like now, like when a store opens, it's like oh my god, like right. we've increased by a huge percentage in right. terms of the number of stores because there were already so many. Right. Yeah, at that point, in the early to mid '90s, it was booming with the amount of comics. Comic stores were popping up all over the place especially in Westchester. And, you know, there was one in Mount Kisco, there was one in Pleasantville, there was one in Hawthorne. I mean, there was a bunch of shops that were all just popping up all over the place. And, uh, but yeah, so you know, when Steve first came in, I'm like, why is this guy coming in here? What is, he, what is he, you know, is he trying to steal some ideas or check things out or whatever it was? But that quickly went away. Um, and again, I'm not sure if my brother knew Steve before the store opening. I don't think he did. And uh, they, they really hit it off more than, than I did with Steve. 
but then once we closed the store, my brother was done with, with, with the books, and, and I wasn't. So I maintained that relationship with Steve. And then did you start shopping at AR like right after? I think once I closed up, I was, I was done with comic books for a while. Okay. So I didn't, um, I just stopped. Because I, I brought my own collection into the store. And when the store closed, I sort of washed my hands of everything. And, and I didn't take anything with me from the store. Um, I had a cousin who helped me out a lot. So he took a lot of the sports. I gave him the sports cars because he helped out with the, you know, some of the structural stuff of the store. But, um, but yeah, I was done completely. And uh, so my original collection, I left it in there. So after I left, uh, eventually I started up and, and I started my collection from scratch again at that point. Wow. Yeah. Were you able to rebuild? Yes. I didn't have I didn't have a whole lot of books back then. I'm at the point now where I have about uh, a little over 13,000 books. So Not a small number. No, not a small number. It's, and I've scaled back a lot. So the store lasted for a couple of years. Two so, years. So what happened? Um, so... Um, the store did well. We didn't lose any money at any point. Uh, we weren't making any money, though. Uh, so, actually, I should rephrase that. We made money, and whatever money we made, we reinvested back into the store. Whether it was making the store nicer, um, just building up the inventory. So, we kept reinvesting into the store with the money that we made. But for me, we had a, a two-year lease, and then we had three one-year renewables. Uh, so it could have ended up being a five-year lease total. So as we got to the end of this second year, uh, I'm 25 now. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm having a lot of fun, but um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to support an eventual family in this industry. That was my take on it. So at that point, I said, let me just cut my losses here, and and move on to the next thing. So I, I just, I just, to me, I saw the writing on the wall with that. Right. Well, I mean, it sounds like you, you know, you made a yeah. responsible choice. Right. So, so, and I have to say, like, listen, I guess, especially with season one, I was very, very, I was like in the Steve camp with everything that was going on and um, very sensitive to all the issues he went through, especially the pull lists yeah. and, and how they stacked up. My, for me, here's my feeling. So Steve did it for what, 20 years? 23 years. 23 years. Here's my feeling on that. The day you have a store for more than 23 years, you can have an opinion on how to how Steve should have ran the store. That's my honest feeling. Okay. Um, that whole pull list and people not coming in, a lot of people made it a very simple issue in terms of how to solve it. And I will tell you this. Um, you know, I know when people went on and kind of, you know, Steve should have did this. Steve should have done that. And then Steve came on and defend himself. I said, these guys don't know what they're talking about. They, and, and with all due respect, because I know from my experiences those two years, I had my customers who didn't come by to pick up their books. And when I closed the store, there was probably thousands of dollars of books that were on the pull list that weren't picked up. And I have to say, you saw it as it started to build. You would call the customer up, and I'm like, listen, I'm not pulling any more books for you. And it was always the same thing. No, no, I swear, please, like, don't. You know? And they would come in. Ultimately, they would pick up maybe half of their books or a quarter of their books, and they would promise to be in the week after. It was, And it was the same thing over and over again. And uh, 
obviously you want to pull, pull the plug on those guys. Uh, I know Steve would have that dead list, right? The people that were dead to him. Yeah, various stages of death. Right. Yes, right. And, and uh, so he would get. I guess. I guess depending on how how badly you burn, Steve is where you fell into things. But you know, I, I think when you go into business, you pride yourself on customer service, and when those customers come in, you want to take care of them. And it's hard to differentiate when someone comes in and tells you that they're going to get those books. They mean it, but the reality is, is that when you prioritize the expenses you have at home, whether it's mortgages or whatever it is, you know, it, it, comic books are going to fall pretty low on the list in terms of where where you're going to spend your money. So, right, people sincerely meant they're going to come in and get those books, and and you know, some very few made good on those promises. A majority of them didn't, and I know. I think I think it was one of your recent podcasts. You mentioned like another store closing. Was that uh, or no? I'm trying. I don't know if I just made that up or not. But but um, uh, I think I read somewhere another store closing somewhere, and um, and they mentioned the reason was that they put on Facebook. Right. Yeah. And just, this. Yeah. Not someone that was on the show. Right. They weren't on the show, but I think. It was, oh, that we mentioned them. Yeah, it was <clears throat> a mention. But but um, you know, my feeling is when you know, unless you own a comic store for 23 years you should probably keep your opinion on what Steve should have done to yourself. Because I will say this, I think being in business for, for yourself for 23 years is, is impressive. What makes it equally impressive is doing it in the comic industry. And I think you know this, Anthony, there are very few people in this country that have had a, com a successful comic shop for decades. A, a comic shop as their primary source of income for decades. So, uh, you know... I, 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 look, I was one of the few. That, I was one of the many that tried, but uh, two years saw the writing on the wall. Steve did it for twenty-three. So um, the last thing I would ever do is, is to tell Steve, you know, Steve, I think you should have done this differently. You know, um, and again, you know, it's like a lot of these guys. I think I saw somewhere, and Steve every once in a while post something, and, and like maybe a guy like Drew, you know, I and, you know, with all respect, due respect, Drew, Steve knew what he was doing, you know, and, and, and Drew's an awesome guy, by the way. Fair enough. No, yeah. I, I appreciate your, you know, impassioned defense of, of Sco. And, you know, I know, you know, there were some during that first season who felt like we were being a little hard on him. And I mean, you have to include me in that because I shared my own opinions on, on this. I mean, I was there to facilitate the discussions, but, you know, I had my own point of view on it as well. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I certainly, right. you know, appreciate that. Right. No, and, and, and I did. I did. I did feel for Steve. When, not that there was any piling. I, look, I think everybody meant well. I, I think the reason they people were critical of Steve was not, I think, because they wanted the store to keep going, not because they were critical of Steve and, and right. so on. No, I think it ultimately all you know all came from a good place. Absolutely. It was from people. You know, we always like to say like we do consider ourselves a family, and it's like we can say these things about right. him, but like other people can't. Right. I think there's a little bit of that. You know, from the show's perspective, I liked that that first season had some teeth. You know, right. even if people, especially if people listening are like, you know, are getting riled yeah, up, yeah. like, I did. you know, that's okay. I mean, I think it made for, uh, for right. interesting listening. I mean, I will say most of the people on the show in that first season had, they didn't have the tenure, the length, you know, the length of, of ownership, but had owned the store right. for at least a period or like myself or, or Tom or some of the others like had worked there as well. So it was yeah, I mean, I feel like we did come come at it from, you know, a place of some insight and, right. and knowledge. But it's in Steve's defense, and to your point, I, I do think that is a good one. The fact that this little wrinkle of 
people promising to come and occasionally they would. Right. And then, you know, of course, you know, it becomes this, this really tricky thing because there's always the potential that someone will be true to their word and show up and pick up their stuff. Because I guess that was always the thing. Like he held the books for so long. Right. But yes, every now and then like someone would show up and it's like, well, it's a good thing we held them. Right. But, you know, obviously as, you know, as the owner, he had to calculate what risk he was comfortable with. And, right. you know, he got to the point where then he didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. So, yeah. so I was a little sensitive to all that. But anyway, this... This all came about now, you and I talking about this, is because I had my own store. So um, when I was going to AR, um, Steve gave me, a, uh, I, I, it was the same discount you got, is that it? The employee yeah. discount? Okay, so I was getting the employee discount. And we I got 25% know, 25%. Off. And actually, on my my number 43, I think he even said it on, on it, like 25%. And um, But you guys knew that when I would, when I would come in. Um, and always took care of me. Every once in a while, someone would fill in, and I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I get twenty percent. You got, you got to check, check the file, and, and uh, yeah, and you guys always made good on it. But um, that's what would happen. I feel like I'm sure that happened to me. Either you said it, or, or maybe if like Steve was next to me, he would have said, oh, he gets twenty five percent. Because again, typically the reservists would come up, whatever amount they spent would get added to the credit system, and then when right. they spent a uh, hundred dollars, they get the ten dollar credit. Right. Uh, so obviously, you were in a special category, and so you know from the start, I was. I, I, it definitely made an impression and a positive one. I was like, like that's you know generous of Steve, like uh, you know just out of a professional courtesy, right. to do that. And you know it's funny with the store discount. So under Steve, employees got twenty five percent. You mentioned there was a period where Steve was not one of the owners, and uh, as I've been told, when Brandon Montclair was one of the owners, he uh, would allow employees to buy things at cost. Mm -hmm. So it was def you know more of like a fifty percent discount right. instead of twenty five. Uh, but to Steve's credit, like anyone who worked at the store and got that 25% discount, he never took it away. Like we always had it, even if, oh, wow. we, even if we stopped working there, right. you know? And again, even to do it for, even, like right. even a former retailer, right, right. <laughs> but even a rival, you know, former retailer, right. you know? So definitely very generous of now, him. Now, when I first started going to AR, and this is before you were there, my discount was 50%. So he gave oh. me the, uh, I bought stuff at cost and that changed during one of the ownership changes. And there was a time when there was this other Steve. Yeah, Steve Chin. Yes. and The Steve Chin years are like a weird period of AR history. I have to say, I don't know if Steve is Steve Chin is listening, but I was not a fan of Steve Chin. No. And, um, and I, let me rephrase that. I wasn't a fan of him as, the, as a retailer. I didn't feel the same kind of love that I felt with Steve, you know, Steve Otto. And... and um, and he right away squashed it. Like, he's like, you're not getting 50%. It's like, who are you? And I think he changed it. Steve uh. changed it 25%. And that's the way it was. And then when he left, I just, you know what? I'm like, I'm not going to ask Steve to go back to the old ways. He's He's been good to me. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, but it changed from 50 to 25%. But yeah, he gave me like the retailer discount. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool to hear about the store that you had. Because again, I really never had any details, only just that you had a store once. That was it. Right. So it's interesting to hear about it. I love the name. You know, we always would joke at the store somewhat of a motto became like eh, it's good enough like if right. we, we were we were we were pretty meticulous with uh like inspecting the books and things like that but steve got a little more lax as the years went on in terms of what really counted as a damage right and so it became a little bit of a motto slash running joke of like eh, it's good enough so right. our joke was like either good enough comics or very good comics right uh but you were you know near mint right we, we uh, talked we talked with that we're like all right we're, look we can't be perfect we're not gonna be mint but you know yeah. what 
pretty close to as good as that. So yeah, you want people to have reasonable expectations, right? Exactly. Kind of like mint comics. Yeah, you're like, all right, come on. Like you walk in, you're like, all right, you guys are mint comics. Give me a break. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we we were striving for mint, but we were near mint. <laughs> and uh, but I have to say, the thing that I enjoyed the most were the friendships that I made there during that two year time period. Um, I, I made some friendships that I still have today. Uh, some I had some phenomenal um, friendships that I, I lost touch with. And I think about certain guys. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this guy Bill's up to. And, and um, you know, and I haven't seen him since the store closing, right? 95 is, you know, how many decades ago that is. And, and uh, but but that was the thing I enjoyed the most was um, the friendships. But that wasn't enough to kind of keep the store open. Like, I'm not going to keep it open because I'm making some friends. That, you know, right. my friendships aren't going to pay the bills. Right. That'll only get you so yeah. far. Yeah. So returning to, you know, Westchester's comic shop present, I want to talk about your experience at New York Hardcore. But um, one other store that I I neglected to mention that, I I guess it counts, (laughs) Newberry Comics in the Westchester. Have you been? I have been. Uh, My kids kids are more into it than I am. I think just Mm. because you walk in and you're overwhelmed by just everything. I think it's a a cool store to walk through, to, to, to see everything in there. You know, all the pop culture that's in there. Uh, but I have been in there a few times with my kids, but it's more, and, and actually it got to a point where I, I think they do give a discount on a pull list, if I remember correctly. And while it's in White Plains, which is next door to Valhalla, again, there's a the parking, paying $3 to park. And um, so that to me didn't seem uh, so convenient after all. But uh, so I went in a few times, bought a few little things, I'll, I'll end up in there right before the holidays, let's say, or I'll go in there to buy something for my daughter for Valentine's Day, whether it's like a Stranger Things that she likes that she's into, whatever. But but uh, but yeah, I popped in a few times. And, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I would slot it into our definition of a comic shop. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that, again, goes to the, the overall shift. Not only are there fewer stores, but different types of stores. Right. You know, again, all yeah is a, a different type of comic shop than all of the ones really that we've discussed on the podcast this season. I mean, you know, I feel like comic book heaven and, and alternate realities were somewhat kindred spirits like mom and pop, uh, a lot of stuff, a little messy, eccentric people there. You know, I feel like they, they kind of had some similarities, you know, and then you have like Heroes World and uh, Dragon's Den. They were part of larger enterprises. So they were kind of their own thing. You know, I had one of my cards, maybe somewhere in between. Uh, and then again, the, of the stores that are ex- around now, Again, you have Oh Yeah, which really caters to kids and families. You have something like Newberry, which is part of a larger chain originating out of Massachusetts and really more of a pop culture store. So you go in, like you said, and there's all the Funko Pops. They have records. They have apparel. And then they have like their comics corner. Right. You know, but I mean, funny enough, that's the most convenient comic store to me right now where i am in white plains i mean i'm minutes away from the westchester mall right i mean you practically walk to it right yeah we don't right. but we could right. and, and actually for me I, I grew up in north white plains and my first comic shop which this isn't what it is right with this this podcast but my my first one was heroes world and i would walk three miles each way on and i i guess it was wednesdays too when they first popped open i'm, I'm not sure so whatever day the, the books were coming in I would walk with my brothers and we'd walk and one of our friends, a couple of our friends, we'd walk and, and just, you know, talk for the hour it took us to get there and buy our comics and then the hour back. And, uh, but that was m- my first comic store. But yeah, you could probably 
walk there. Maybe you will with the carriage, with the baby. Yeah. I do plan on, I don't know if we'll walk to the mall, but I feel like that'll be good. Um, you know, like walk him around the mall. Right. You know? Absolutely. Uh, so we'll maybe pop into Newberry Comics. So that's yeah. not a place that I've gone on any regular basis. Sounds like you haven't either. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's there. I guess it fits in well with the with the Westchester, you know. I will say it's nice at least having a store that I'm interested in going to there because there's not much else that's like really, that really appeals to me yeah, at I that agree. mall. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Uh, but so so there is that uh, in, in fairness. Uh, but tell tell me about New York hardcore Dobbs Ferry. Yep. So I stopped going to uh, Squiggies because I was paying full price for the comics, and I've been been with Steve all those years and getting twenty five percent off. Uh, I I heard about New York hardcore opening up, went there, checked it out, and and then right away I said, you know what, I, I still want to keep a pull list without having to pay full cover and. They had like a little scale, you know, sliding scale. The more you buy, the bigger discount. So I think I may have got, given them whatever I needed to to get to the 25% off. So did that for about a year with them. And again, my time there was a lot quicker than it was at AR. Popped in, grabbed what I needed, and popped out with, you know, minimal interaction. Again, the, the people there seemed very nice. Um, it's a crew of guys. Yeah, they're a crew of guys and depending, you know, I, I, even though I went there on Wednesdays, there seemed to be a different person there on, on the Wednesdays. But there was cool guys, you know, seemed like very good guys, absolutely. And then uh, what ultimately le- led me to stop going there, which is recently, I want to say in the past year, actually uh, a little over a year ago, I stopped going. And the reason I know that is because we bought a second home. And at that point, I'm like, all right, you know, I got to prioritize here. And, and uh, I made the decision to, to stop with the pull list, call them up, explain to them that I wasn't coming anymore. Again, being very sensitive as a former owner to make sure that I didn't leave them with, uh, with a pull list of books. So, uh, and that's it. So I haven't had a pull list since then. And I haven't popped into, other than the free comic book day recently, I, which where I went to, oh yeah. And I have to say, he did an awesome job there with that. Just the, the vibe that was there, uh, so kudos to Mark for just uh, you know having the artists there and and the, the tent out and, and the side there with all the books and he I was pretty impressed with his his free comic book day. I mean I think and you know this there's a, there's a difference there where Mark clearly has embraced comic book day versus Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve had a <laughs> a different a different feeling about the event. But so New York hardcore I was at their original location once because they moved. Yes, they're on. Uh, they're in Dobbs. They're in Dobbs Ferry, and they moved a few stores down. Uh, um, is the is the new spot bigger? Because the one I went to was was small. I think it's slightly bigger. Wasn't much bigger, but uh, no, nah, it was bigger, but still on the small side, comparable to, to what I had in Valhalla when I had my shop. Right. Yeah, it's, but on the smaller side of comics. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, so what was it that, uh, well, I guess so you had the pull list at Squiggies. Right. And then you switched the pull list over there. Right. So so you went further with those stores <laughs> than you did yes. with like Spiders Web or all, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm, you know, I can't put my finger on it in terms of why Squiggies and New York Hardcore and why not with Spider Web. I mean, Spider Web's more just going to Yonkers was, was a hike for me. And and I'm not sure with all, yeah, to be honest. Um does does Mark give a discount for 
for pulling comics? I don't even know, to be honest. He probably gave it to you, maybe, as a, as a courtesy, or no? Yeah, maybe the latter. I'm not 100% okay. sure. Yeah, I, he, he, I definitely get a, a something when I go. I don't right. know if it's uh, as, a, as a courtesy or right. if that's part of their pull system. I will say one thing that I really do like about uh, having a pull list at all, yeah, is the email notification when something comes in. I like that. Yeah, Mark does a tremendous job with that. It's, it's obvious that he spends time with that, and it's very thought out. Whether again, there's a there's a respect that he has for his customers. If he's going to change the times of the store for whatever reason, he sends out an email. I know for me, there are times where I, I would show up to alternate realities. It wasn't often, but the store was closed um, because something was going on that week. And uh, so, so you know, Mark does a great job with that. Where he's and not to say that Steve didn't have a respect for his customers, but um, Mark thinks about these things and does, does an excellent job with it. Right. Uh, so you're at the point now, no pull list. No pull list. And the plan, I know you had, you had told me ahead of time that uh, you're making a list of the books that you would be getting. Right. And you might try to pick them up at, at shows, at conventions. Right. So what I'm currently doing now is, is I, on my phone, my notes tab there, I... I Weekly, I check what should be what's coming out on Wednesday. Just add it to my list, and every once in a while, I hit some of these smaller comic shows or wait to the to the big Comic Con, you know, near Comic Con, and and just see what I find there. Um, it's it's going to create some gaps. I know you had one of those episodes about being a completist. Yeah, I mean, as a as a collector, is that I mean, are you okay with that? Uh, the running the risk that you might you might miss something. Because right. because I fall in the, under that category of being a completist, regardless if I'm enjoying the storyline. Uh, so, so yeah, I've been okay with it. I think as you grow older, you you, you get okay with certain things. Um, but but yeah, and I and I'm seeing it now. I'll I'll find certain books in the dollar bins, and I'm like, I right, got a pretty good deal here. But the reality is now is I don't have a, a run of current books anymore, which doesn't lend itself to staying current in terms of the reading. Not that I have a whole lot of time nowadays, but uh, but I do have a lot of holes in the current books. I'm not sure how much longer I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way. To be honest, uh, I think you know when you talk to collectors, part of the thrill, a big part of the thrill, is that walking into that comic shop on Wednesdays. There's something about walking into a comic shop on a Wednesday and. Um, and, and seeing what's on the stand. But now you're going to have the thrill of the hunt. There, 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 so I don't know. There's something There's something to be said for that, at least. There's no question about that, the thrill of the hunt of like going through a box and finding it. And also, you know, and it's going through a box and it's not alphabetized is, is, is rough. But when you find <laughs> that guy that's got a cheap set of books and it's alphabetized, and it's it's fun. So, you know, again, I'm in a similar position. I mean, I, I'm not planning to do, you know, what you're doing necessarily, but I don't have a, a pull list with, you know, the exception of, you know, recently having Doomsday Clock, like that was it. But, you know, that's, I guess, something else that I, I kind of wrestle with, right? So the, the one question is, like, no store has really become part of my routine. Why is that? Is it that I'm not open to a new store? Is it that, you know, a half hour is just too far to drive? Like, you know, what is it? But the other thing that I kind of wonder is, you know, am I not making more of an effort or am I not really committing to a store and going regularly because I'm not interested enough in comics at the moment. Like I still read things and obviously I do the book club podcast and things like that, but I'm certainly not as plugged in or passionate as I used to be years ago. Uh, so is it, is it that or, 
you know, I guess I'm, I'm curious about the relationship between the interest level in comics and the shop experience. Like, if there were a store that were a little bit more convenient and or that reminded me more of alternate realities, like, would that get me more excited about comics? So when you reached out to me originally, you didn't give me much information. You just say, hey, I'd like to have you. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And, and I was figuring it was about AR closing and... And, and you did make reference to some of the current shops. So, um, and, and walking into today, I didn't have, I, I don't think I'll be able to, I wasn't able to articulate why AR and why I haven't found that AR now. But as we've gone through this discussion, right, we're here now, we're about an hour into this. To me, I just feel like everything, it has to do with everything. Just the timing of where we were, and for me, where I was in my life, the location of the store, who was behind the counter, I, I think it was like the perfect storm, the perfect scenario. And an hour into this, I don't think I'm going to ever find my new AR, and, and I'm okay with it. Um, you know, Steve has his legacy that'll that's safe in my book for whatever it's worth. But I, I just think it was, it's it's everything. It has to do with everything, whether it's the parking, you guys being there. You know, as much as I talked a lot about Steve, you guys had a lot of personality. The, the guys behind the counter, and um, you know, you guys had your club and your dinners and your nickname for customers. There was a uniqueness that really um, that AR captured and made it such a a fun family environment. I, I just think that everything worked perfectly at that point in my life um you know now i'm a little older second home like i'm thinking about my kids going to college someday and uh you know, selling some of the books maybe helping them pay for their book their college books whatever it is well i you said it very well and i think i think that concludes our episode i mean i think that's a i really think that's a nice note you know to go out on i mean we still have we'll chat for a few more minutes for the after show yeah i think we're gonna talk about your son's name and the after yeah. show so you have to <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, that really encapsulates a lot of uh, what I've been feeling and what we've been talking about here. And it's been great to get your perspective on alternate realities. You know, you're a new voice on the show here. And, uh, you know, obviously someone that I was looking forward to catching up with. Uh, but, you know, having a new voice and getting a perspective that we haven't, you know, ha had yet, it really has been great. And, and again, hearing about your your experiences with uh, today's crop of comic book stores in Westchester, uh, you know, was was awesome as well. So, is there anything else that you want to say before we conclude? No, not at all. I guess um, more on a personal note for me to you, um, Anthony, it's been it's been pretty impressive what you've done. How a, a comic book store closing, what it's done to your life, and and the direction that you've gone in with it. I would just say that as, as you and your wife embark on a new journey, which is your family growing and, and your life will never be the same in such a good way, I would say just chron you know, just just you know, make sure you really you know, one of the pieces of advice I got was you can you can never take too enough pictures. And and it's true. Um I don't think there's you, you can't do too much with with your son coming along the way so documenting that new journey you'll never look back and, and regret it so uh, i just want to say congratulations to to you and your wife with the baby coming and, and keep up this fantastic work that you're doing I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride and and i hope that 
as, as things get a little busier for you, you, you somehow find the way to keep doing this. Well, we'll see about that last part. But, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I really, I appreciate your, your kind words very much and, and all of your support. I know, you know, you reached out during the first season of this and, uh, you know, I've heard from you since then and I, that, that really means a lot. Thank you. Uh, and thank you so much for being part of this episode. Thank you to everyone for listening. Be sure to head on over to the Patreon page to hear our exclusive after show and then come back here in two weeks for the grand finale. Until then, don't be a flat squirrel. Thank you.